Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. The dangers of the ways are not to be faced with a sword in your hand, nor charging Aiel or ravening Trollocs. I must tell you that to enter the ways is to risk not only death and madness, but perhaps your very souls. Alar, Eldest of the Elders, Chapter 36, The Great Hunt. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my friend Tracy. I am here with my dear friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. And today we are back in the Great Hunt, but very quickly before we do that, we wanted to announce our next episode, which was a patron choice. Mm-hmm. And we didn't decide. They decided on the Sea Folk, and mm-hmm. we're very, very excited to be covering that. I really appreciated how the patrons just kind of like self-voted. They're like, oh, I like that. I like that. I second that. I'm like, thank you guys. That made that so easy. <laughs> Thanks, patrons. <laughs> Thanks for making best. it easy for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was super simple. And plus, it's the sea folk. I'm really excited. This is a culture I haven't had a chance to dig into very much. So I'm really excited about this because I think the sea folk were possibly underdeveloped i agree they could have had some very cool things going on but very cool culture Mm -hmm. so excitingly enough that's going to be the next westlands 101 topic we'll be recording that next week we do have a new patron and i'm really excited about this so new patron uh lindsay of the dark stout inn because frothy ales are good but i prefer stouts so Lindsay, thank you, innkeeper Lindsay. <laughs> and she's a history buff, too, isn't I, she? Yeah, yeah. That just, my heart just lit up with so much happiness yeah. seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's like, aren't we, we're finding our people. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it when that happens. And, like, I know we're going to be recording our YouTube video today on... Blade Masters in the Westlands, and I've spent a lot of time over the last few days going down these historic rabbit holes about swords and whatnot, so I'm kind of excited that, like, what we do crosses so often into that historic world, and it's appreciated. So thank you, Lindsay. We're super stoked you're with us, and I think the last announcement I wanted to make, if you're cool with this, is just a quick thank you to... My son, Aiden. Thank you, Aiden, because he's going to be editing this first. (laughs) (laughs) And he's going to begin, like, he's starting to help us with the editing process, which saves us a bunch of time to be able to, like, work on other things that we really want to work on to be able to keep up with the expansion that this project really demands. So thank you, Aiden. Thanks, Aiden. We love you. Thanks, son. I mean, you have known him for... Since he was seven, eight? Yeah. And he's going to be 22 this year. 
A long time. Isn't that wild, Amber? Long, long time. Long, He's going to be listening time. to this like, oh my God, mom, stop. <laughs> I can only hope. So, so to spare him the embarrassment, we will jump into chapter 33, A Yay! Message from the Dark. Mm. So we are still at Lord Barthanus's manor and... They've got some entertainment going. People are hanging out, talking amongst themselves. And Huron has sniffed out what he believes to be dark friends. Mm -hmm. And he takes Rand to this garden with Matt and Loyal and leaves Varen and Ingtar inside because Varen is busy gabbing it up with Lord Barthanus himself. So... Loyal. <laughs> I'm sorry, the idea of Varen gabbing up anyone is freaking hilarious, and let alone have it be him is just awesome. Especially, especially Lord Barthanus. Right. Like, if, to be a fly on the wall. Oh my I God. mean, so cool. Yeah. So, I would okay. I'd love to have heard that. So Huron's complaining that the Lord's servants, because Huron's playing the role of Rand's servant at this Mm -hmm. point, that all the other servants for the Lord are really willing to just sell their Lord's secrets out. No questions asked. Like, as soon as they are relaxed, it just starts all coming out. Yeah. And Huron is just like, it's detestable. I need to get (laughs) out of here. This is horrible. Poor sweet Huron. Yeah. So Loyal's doing a little bit of exposition and he's explaining that the Ogier Groves used to be in this exact location and he can sense a waygate. So Rand kind of puts it together and he's like, all right, the Dark Friends are using the ways and Horn's gone, Dagger's gone, shit. So, <laughs> yes. They yeah. climb some walls and Rand approaches the waygate and he uses the trefoil leaf and he opens the ways. And of course, Machin Shin is waiting there saying his nasty words that are just gross. Gross. <laughs> gross. And Rand kind of like loses it and drops the trefoil leaf key. Yeah. And then we're left in this moment of like, oh my god, oh my god, there's Machin Shin, and he's escaping. Mm-hmm. And it appears he is coming out of the ways, which he shouldn't be able to do. Right. Rand drops the leaf and embraces the void. So mm-hmm. he's fighting Machin Shin in this like battle of will, and he's throwing weaves at the black wind, and it's screaming, and he can't find the key, and Loyal manages to pick it up with his big meat murder paws, and <laughs> he closes the gate, and Rand releases Sidene, and he's nauseated, and they can't follow the dark friends. So they return indoors, and the group decides to leave. Lord Barthanus pulls Rand aside, and he's like, I'm not quite sure. I wasn't going to tell you this, but I've changed my mind. And a man who Rand has figured out to resemble Padon Fane has told Lord Barthanus that what Rand seeks is on Toman Head, and Rand must follow him there. If he doesn't, Fane will hound Rand's blood and his people. So Barthanus is really curious, but Rand is kind of like, eh, whatever, leaves him to guess. 
And Farron, on the way back, ceases all conversation of the events until they reach the inn. So Perrin's waiting in the common room, and they discuss what happened in the garden. Machin Shin is guarding the ways. Ingtar is super upset because, you know, he's missed his chance now to take back the horn, and he thinks that Fane's message is a trap. So Varen talks about these dark prophecies that were written in Faldara. So this is going way back to the beginning of the Great Hunt. She thinks Fane really is waiting on Toman Head. Yep. So Varen ushers everyone to bed really quickly because she's got a plan. And tomorrow they ride for Steading Sofu. <laughs> and they are going to use the Waygate there. So Loyal is definitely not happy about this because he's kind of in hiding. He's an ogier on the run, and he doesn't want his family finding out where he's at because he might be sent home. So sad. Poor Loyal. Varen doesn't give a crap. She's just like, eh, whatever guy. Rand is really worried about Matt because he's looking very sick, and Varen admits he has maybe a few weeks to live. Yeah. So that wraps up the first chapter. There is something that I found out that was kind of interesting here. Mm-hmm. When Fane is believed to be on Toman Head, Ingtar doesn't, he's not sure if he believes this or not. And he's like, I'd rather go do this instead of going out chasing Jack of the Wisps. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is our first hint of Jack of the Shadows. Mm. Ooh, I hadn't caught that. I'm almost 100% sure it hasn't come up in the first book. But what's really interesting is I did some digging and there is a sci-fi fiction book called Jack of the Shadows. What? And I'll talk about it a little bit later in the spoiler section because I don't want to give anything away about Jack of the Shadows just yet to people that are just reading the series. Mm -hmm. But I think the big theme of this whole chapter would be instead of, you know, Rand going for glory, he's really laser focused on getting the dagger back for yeah. Matt. Yeah. It's he not really so is. much the horn is Rand's focus. Mm-hmm. Now, Ingtar, on the other hand, he's all about the horn. Yeah. And he makes it really obvious. Like, there are these moments where he's like, I'm lost, I'm lost, like, without mm-hmm. the horn. Oh, no. Woe is me. Woe is me. So... Chapter 34 is The Wheel Weaves, and if you had tears in your eyes at some point for this chapter, that's fair. This was brutal. 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 Yeah, I still, like, even though I was really young when I read this for the first time, I still remember clearly my reaction to what happens in it. So the the point of view we get is Tom heading back to the bunch of grapes after his night at Lord Barthenis's manor. He is in a foul mood, and at the center of it is Rand. He's very somber. Yeah. Like, he, he talks about how he has this heavy weight of coins in a sack or whatever from the nobles and what he's like thought about just tossing it away at least twice broke my heart because what had happened 
after Rand and his party left is Tom stayed around because the nobles, Lord Barthanis went to bed and the nobles kind of like took a piss out of him, I would say, like yeah. treated him like basically like a court jester, like a clown and kind of like threw money at him. was like, do this, sing this, talk about this. And it really comes down to like, Tom feeling like a fool and wanting to just throw this bag of coin like in a river or something. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's a payoff for his pride. And he's just not, he's like, I'm rusty in the game. And I think one of the things that's really telling about Tom as a character is he gets kind of fed up with telling the story of the great hunt for the horn and he figures nobody's really listening to him anyway so he switches to like whatever his tavern routine would be and it catches the nobles attention and he's like they laughed at all the wrong places they really didn't understand and he was like they were basically making fun of me so he's already in this like dark mood I feel like he was being sneaky too. Like he was telling stories based on lessons that he thinks that these idiot nobles, nobles. should be attuned yep. to. And yeah. it went over their heads and they treated him like a clown. I hate yeah. them. Yeah. As if I needed more reasons. This yeah. just adds to it. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Kyrie Ennen. That really is how I feel about them though. So... He can't get Rand out of his head, of course, especially since he's just been basically interrogated about who Rand is, why would he have chosen to speak to a simple gleeman, that kind of thing. So he stops at the Great Tree because, of course, he's found out where Rand's staying, and Rand has already left. Him and Varen and crew, they meant it when they said they were leaving at first light, and they are gone. So with that in mind, he's like, the boy's on his own now like I can put that behind me I no longer have that temptation and so he walks back to his inn where he's staying with Dina and he comes into his room and he sees her lying on the bed asleep and he's like what a sweet girl she waited up for me and fell asleep waiting for me and tonight is the night I will let her perform I'm sorry (laughs) moderately pregnant pause here because ouch so he walks over to the bed and reaches for her shoulder and as he does he does she like flops over and has been brutally murdered and this is heartbreaking for numerous reasons but of course like somebody is responsible for Dina's death and they hung around to wait for Tom and Tom being the badass that he still is has daggers out in a moment take that bad guys but of course like he's got that bad knee and he's still not quite accustomed to that so it throws off one of the daggers and this gives Tom an opportunity to just grab the guy and bash his head into a wall which like shoves the dagger further into his shoulder and I'm just like Tom you beast mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like it, it it's just so like I don't it's such a quick change from being like somber devastated murder rage yeah yeah it's like boom 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 in just a matter of pages Mwah. love it 
So Tom finds out that the attack was ordered by Barthanus, by one of the guys who he let live long enough to find that out. However, Zara, the innkeeper, who is also Tom's friend, walks in and is like, hey, it's the best kept secret in Kyrian that these are Galdrian's men, especially that guy. Especially and, the bald one. Yeah, he's a... <laughs> He's Galdrian's for sure. And Tom's like, I'm going to leave. I need to get out of here. But before I do, I have someone to kill. And Sarah's like, well, if you were thinking of doing doing in Barthanis, he's already gone. His servants found him ripped limb from limb inside his bedroom. Doors locked. So completely mysterious how this has happened. So Tom now knows it's not Barthanis. Barthanis is dead. So he, of course has somebody in mind that he wants to take out Otom. So then we get a point of view flash over to creepy, creepy Pot and Fane, and oh my goodness, he's actually on Tom and Head. He's standing above Falme. He's been there long enough to do some recon and find out about the Shan Chen, so he feels like he knows what to say and do. And he approaches Falme, the largest house that's there he figures it's gotta be a lord and he has the horn of valir and it's pretty fancy so the guards at the door are like sure come on in bring your your fancy chest yeah yeah so fane comes in and he's presented to lord turuk who we can remember from his uh interactions with bail dolman and (laughs) fane is like going to use the horn as a way to like warm into whatever power structure the Shanshan have like he sees this ripe opportunity and he just wants to exploit the shit out of it but he doesn't know how to open the chest so he's like oh my lord inside are treasures from the age of legends and Turok is like you fool I already know how to open this so he opens it. He seems mildly disappointed until he reads the script on the horn and is like, do you know what this is? And Fane's like, it's the Horn of Valir. My family is a long line of Arthur, Arthur Pendrag, Arthur Luther. Dra- Hawkwing, whatever. That We've guy. Been loyal. <laughs> We've been loyal to this dude for generations and generations. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm like Lord Lord Turok is like, my guy, I don't <laughs> believe you at all. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna let you hang out because you might be of further use. Maybe I'll send you to the Empress myself. Yeah. And then Fane is like you know, the wheels start turning. He's nearly salivating at the idea of being in the presence of an empress. He's like, yes, fertile ground for me, the worm. I really... <laughs> and again, t- Lord Turok is just like, yeah, like, slow your roll. Slow down, like, yeah. Pump, pump the brakes. <laughs> I have to say, I really, I appreciate how tricky Fane thinks he is and how Turok is already trained in the ways of the Shanchen to just be kind of like, no, I see through everything you do. His his bullshit alarm is like, you know, beep, beep, beep. Ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. And I absolutely love it. Like, there, I know the Shanchen are supposed to be terrible and whatnot, but parts of them, I'm just like, you guys are ruthless. And I'm here for it. I like it. 
Um, because, I mean, obviously, Fane thinks he is, like, just convincing the shit out of Turok, and he's doing a great job of, like, getting what he wants. But I think one of the things that happens with this is Turok just basically jerks a rug out from underneath Fane's feet and is like, I will not blow the Horn of Valir. It's going to sit here and hang out, and I'm going to give it to the Empress because if I do that, I'm connected to the Horn for life. So we get this. Have we been given that information already that, like, whoever blows the Horn is attached to the Horn? Kind of. It's alluded to. But here, like, we finally have it from Lord Turok, and he explains, once you blow the Horn, you're connected to it. Anyone else who sounds the horn, it'll just go toot toot, and the heroes don't show up. <laughs> Very anticlimactic. Wouldn't that be but, funny? <laughs> but you're connected to it, like until you die. Yeah. So yeah, I and I'm glad that we get this information because it's important. And then we also get a little bit about the court of the crystal throne in Shan Chen, and this is literally a cutthroat environment. There are listeners that are completely secret. It's another secret service kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we kind of touched on that maybe last week or the week before, but, like, the whole consequences that come along with having such a lethal set of both spies and enforcers definitely has impacted the way the Shanshan behave, and I find it fascinating. So the last part of this chapter is Fane warning Turok that he is being followed by dark friends, and of course they're led by a young man mm -hmm. named Randall Thor, and he is the vilest of the vile, and blah, 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 and he'll bring Trollocs, and death, and dark friends, and blah, whatever. And Turok is I can is like, hear Lord Turok like audibly like, the sound his eyeballs are making as they roll. Like, mm -hmm. okay, we'll see about that. Just You're keep right. in mind, though, like, no dark friends will do anything mm -hmm. to these lands as long as the Shan Chen are here and in control. And he's thinking about, is it him or is it Fane? I think it's Lord Turok thinking about, like, well, I always wanted to see what our Grom could do to a Trollic. To a Trollic. Might be might be interesting. Right. Grom. 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 <laughs> I mean, Amazon Prime. <laughs> I know you're listening, but you can have you a Trollic Grom pit. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Celebrity Grom match. <laughs> <laughs> We start with Narg. <laughs> Narg comes out. Narg smart. Narg deadly. I mean, how? I mean, that would just be so cool to see. So oh, I'd cool. love it. Trollocs versus Grom. Right. Come on. <gasps> Come on. Oh, I would love that. Anyway, so of course he said that Rand is, dark, is a dark friend. He's coming with dark friends and Trollocs. And <laughs> Trollocs and Dark Friends and Grom, oh my. Oh my. Turok's response to all of this is like, I am so bored. <laughs> 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 He's like standing there with his cough, happily inhaling the fumes, but sighing and being like, this land wearies me with boredom. <laughs> 
Lord and I Turok, love him. You're an icon. I just and we move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> Chapter thirty-five is setting Sofu, and we have made it into a setting. Mm. Rand is with Loyal and Matt and Perrin and the Shinarans. They have made a half day's ride outside of Kyrian. So, small lesson with Loyal. We learned <laughs> that the Shadow Spawn won't enter a setting because Perrin's like, can wolves enter a setting? And Loyal's like, only creatures of the Dark One won't enter. So, seems like wolves can I, do their thing. Yeah, but I don't know why he asked this question. Weren't they in a setting when they were under attack by white cloaks and the wolves came in to like save them? Because I feel Is like it in- possible it was a. Oh yeah, yeah. It's probably just Robert Jordan's way of like approaching what mm. can and can't come in. Good point. We'll just use it as that. Don't okay. mind me being like, <laughs> what about this thing? Why did this silly Perrin? Anyway. Continue, please. I'm so sorry. Okay. No, no problem. (laughs) So they are approaching this wooded area, and Rand notices Varen, like, jerk in her seat. And he's like, that's weird. And then as soon as he notices that, he feels ice-cold water, like, through his veins. And that means they have entered the setting. And... As everyone enters, everyone has this immediate feeling of being refreshed, and I guess it kind of like amps their strength up a little bit, like Mm -hmm. they're no longer tired. Mm -hmm. So as they enter, they are greeted by Aerith, a young female Ogier, and I love Aerith so much. She's adorable. I was thinking of all the people that they could announce announce for casting and how I think Aerith would probably be someone that I would be more excited to see versus Avienda or yeah I don't know yeah we only have one Ogier like Mm -hmm. Avienda let's face it she's gonna be hot she's gonna be a woman she's gonna have reddish hair yeah 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 it'll take someone very special to pull off like an oak year, the whole, I don't know. I agree. The, the emoting is so interesting. Yeah, there's a really, like, soft touch of wisdom and innocence to her. And it's just very, it's so yes. healing and endearing. Yes. I'm like, oh, I would hang out with her and pick flowers right? and read books. All day. All, All day. day. All day. I love Aerith. Yeah. I mean, I love Loyal, too, but Aerith is just so, she's so sweet yep. and charming and so cute. So, so cute. cute. Love so her. Aerith <laughs> picks out Varen as the leader of this merry group and asks most of the armed Shinaran men to wait outside the Ogier village because they've all got weapons. It's a little sketchy. And Loyal is crushing hard on Aerith. He's like, <laughs> she's so, you know, like, I can hear him. Like, her ears, aren't they the most beautiful oh, no. thing that you've ever seen? <laughs> so as all of this is going on, Matt is increasingly more and more irritable. And he mentions being safe 
in this yeah. setting. Mm-hmm. And this is just like a knife through Rand's heart because Rand knows that Matt, or Rand thinks that Matt is talking about him. Mm-hmm. Like, Matt is safe inside the setting because Rand can't channel, can't channel. inside a setting. And that means he's safe. But let's face it, like, Matt is Matt. He could be talking about Varen, Aes Sedai in general. That's true, yeah. Shadow Spawn, yeah. whomever, whatever. He has a so, lot of things to be afraid of. It could be, like, narrator bias. We don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But who knows? He could mean Rand. So mm-hmm. as all of this is happening, Rand is like, Oh my god. This tree. Oh my god, it's an Ogier great tree. And he's explaining how big it is. Mm-hmm. And the branches come up and out kind of like yeah. a mushroom. Yeah. And again, please, oh please, oh please, oh please, Amazon Prime. I just I really want to see the setting. I want Aerith. I want to see a great tree. I was thinking about that when I was reading this, and like I, I want the whimsy, like yes. Amazon. I, give me the whimsy. We need it. Like that's that's the thing that has to be present in the Wheel of Time for it to be the Wheel of Time. We need to have dark balanced out with light and hopefulness and calm steadiness, like you find in a setting. So please. I feel like if someone came to me and was like, I want you to create this Ogier setting, it would just be like fireworks inside my brain. Right. So many options to do so many cool things. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking when it gets like, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but since we're talking about like the possibility of design for the show, they've already done at least two or three scenes inside something that's kind of like underground and cavernous and like almost like a mound the way that things are described Mm -hmm. inside the setting so it feels as though they already have kind of a tendency to be able to create something like that anyway yeah because this i mean right after all of this is seen by rand Mm -hmm. we get a lot of exposition on the ogier village what it looks like these houses Mm -hmm. they're very hobbit like but sized bigger obviously (laughs) yeah (laughs) and little like stone stone kind of windows the stones like create like a circular space and then the windows are put inside but he says that everything looks like it had been kind of worn down by water like it's all smooth lines Mm -hmm. and nothing's jagged and all of the ogier women are just covered head to toe in beautiful embroidery of flowers and just things that are beautiful and my goodness i know my heart like this is just something that i think would be (laughs) so pretty and <sighs> the lighting for it could be yeah. so good. Like, just so much about it. And I think, too, like, this chapter has a bit of campiness to it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the things the Wheel of Time TV show could explore a little bit more. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be slapstick, but we are dealing with creatures that aren't human and they make up a big part of the series. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. why not like do it? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm anxiously actually... hoping. So yeah, yeah. 
So Rand spots the stump of a great tree. Now, Ogier great trees are thousands of years old. Most of them didn't survive the breaking of the world. So that's like 3,000 years. But the ones that did survive are very, very old. Yeah. So we're talking about a tree that's been standing for 3,000 years old. In our own world, that is not something out of this world. Like this Mm -hmm. happens in our own world. Mm -hmm. Is it the redwoods? The great, the big sequoias, I believe, like those things have been around since the dinosaurs, like, and they still stand. Mm-hmm. I mean, humans were the only thing that basically destroyed them. <laughs> so in this case, Rand seeing the stump of this great tree, it kind of hurt my heart a little bit mm-hmm. because I just think of how attached the Ogier are to their trees and what it means for them to have to actually cut one down Mm -hmm. meaning that it was sick that it died and Rand's looking at this and he's like it's nearly a hundred paces across and I I did the math I did the math of course you did a hundred paces is roughly 250 feet which is about the height of a redwood or roughly three-fourths of a regulation like soccer field. Wow. That is massive. Yeah. Massive. So I don't know if that's something that they could do on TV that would actually even look right. I don't know how you could even capture that. Well, and I mean, you would be able to potentially scale it down and still give the same impression of greatness and age and whatnot to it. Like maybe it doesn't have to be quite a hundred paces across to to like indicate that it is a great tree. Yeah. If you go online and look up the tree with the largest trunk, Mm -hmm. it's in Mexico, I think. No. And it is wild. Yeah. If you are a nature lover, look it up. I forget what city it's in. And when I see it, I just have all of these ideas about what a setting could look like. So this is going on. Rand is kind of like enjoying things, looking around. Suddenly, Rand spots more humans. And they are Aiel women. They are maidens of the spear. They have entered the chat. They look at Rand. Rand looks at them. They put their veil up. Rand's crew pulls out their weapons. And we've got a standoff, ladies and gentlemen. And then Varen is like, break it up! Break it up! And nobody's listening. And then an older Ogier named June breaks it up. And as this is going on, the Aiel women are talking to the Ogier, and they call him Tree Brother. I love that. And he that. calls he calls her little, little sister. sister. And it, oh, my heart, mm-hmm. I love this whole chapter so much. So he escorts Varen to the elders. The whole hubbub with the maidens and Rand and the Shinarans has kind of calmed down a bit. Mm-hmm. As this happens, the boys are kind of together, the young men, I should say. So Perrin's <laughs> telling Rand that he thinks the Aiel are looking for him. Yeah. He who comes with the dawn. And he retells the story of Kinslayer's dagger about Urien and what he said and 
they all seem to think that Rand is Aiel at this point. Mm-hmm. So, well, doesn't we get one s- of the maidens even like look at Rand and say he carries a sword? And yeah, she's, like, she disgusted. scoffs. Yeah, yeah. So he's... even she thinks he he's looks like Aiel, and she's Aiel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rand. But again, like lots of exposition. We learn what these Aiel women look like. Short red hair, rat tail, they're so camouflaged, Rand thinks that they could almost be wearing like a warder's cloak. And on the side from this, we get more exposition, Loyal explains Ogier dating, and Rand's like, (laughs) that's kind of weird. And then he thinks about it and he's like, well, that's kind of like how it is back home in the two rivers. And Matt like scoffs. And Randa's like, seriously, though, Matt, has your dad ever done anything that your mom told him not to? Right. And he kind of, like, shuts his mouth really quick. (laughs) So as this is going on, they are summoned to speak with the elders, and that's how the chapter ends. And I have to say, like, despite Matt having his (laughs) dagger withdraw, some of the things that he has said in this chapter are hilarious i love matt so much Mm -hmm. like he's just so damn snarky i mean he's near death at this point and i think that i think it's also the fact that he's let's face it he's not in a good mood he's being pretty foul and just cranky and sickly but at the same time like there's still that little bit of charm that kind of keeps like peeking out yeah he tells loyal he's like yeah, Loyal, I guess I'll call you my friend. I like you because you're so bad at dicing. Like, basically saying, like, yeah, I like dicing with you because you lose all the time and I can take your money. Yeah. (laughs) He also says at some point, like, when he's looking at this Ogier great tree, Mm -hmm. he's like, you could build 50 houses from that great tree. And Loyal is, like, restraining himself, like, murder mitts he should be strangling matt at this point Mm -hmm. but but matt is just kind of like don't worry loyal i'm not gonna cut down your tree right i love it he also says (laughs) the ideal woman the (laughs) sorry he says the ideal women looking at rand are looking at him like he hasn't bathed in a month mm-hmm. and that someone doused him in sheep dip. And I had to look what that was. Like, oh, yeah. What is what, it? I don't know what sheep dip is. I thought it might be like dung or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's me too. like an insecticide, fungicide that farmers used to just like line their sheep up in and they would walk them through like a ditch. So these sheep are like up to their neck in this fungicide insecticide like they dip the sheep in yeah (laughs) it's the sheep dip look i was going for that match shut up it's my (laughs) angsty look i don't know you look weird and you smell weird too (laughs) like i just i can't with matt it's so funny oh i i'm so glad that like he's a character that just gets kind of pushed to the background too often for my taste especially in the early books and I really feel like we're getting these little drops of Matt as being this clever, witty, 
hiding that he actually has a good nature and a good heart kind of character but we really don't get more Matt Matt until like the third book I feel like but like there's so many good moments I feel like Robert Jordan just saved all his like snarky jokes for Matt he's like oh that's that's great that goes who's to gonna Matt. say it that goes to Matt yeah, yeah. how like <laughs> Lan gets all of these, like, poetic, beautifully written, like, wonderful quotes and paragraphs. And Matt's like, you look weird, and you stink. (laughs) His gift to the world through Matt. Mm -hmm. I like it. So we are still in studying Sofu. We move on to chapter 36, Among the Elders. I didn't really think this the first time I read it, but then I came back through it and maybe I was in a bad mood. I don't know. But the way that like Rand reacts to Juin when they're like walking into the setting and he's like trying to make Loyal go in and Loyal obviously doesn't want to go in and Rand is like, no, I'm sure the elders just want to talk to us. And I'm like, Rand, where are your manners? This just feels like pushy. I don't like it. I don't like it. That's all I'm saying. So he becomes introduced to the elders. It's him, Matt Perrin, Ingtar, and Heron. Is that right? Is that everyone that went in? I think it is. We're just going to say it is, and if I missed someone, I'm really sorry about it. So we are introduced to Alar, who is the eldest of the elders at studying Sofu. And she tells them no one has been allowed to travel the ways in over 100 years and requests that an ogre named Teal be brought to the... the um... Yeah, I guess I, I guess I should have made that clear. The whole reason that they went to the setting was to use the waygate. That was Baron's plan. Oh, right, right. Yeah, but they needed permission for it. You know, like Mm -hmm. they couldn't just, I mean, I guess they could have just gone to go use it, but it does seem like the right thing to do to talk to the elders about it. Because, I mean, the Waygates are outside the setting. Anyway, I'm thankful we're in the the setting. It doesn't doesn't bother me at all. So, Teal is brought forward, and literally the description of this Ogier is heartbreaking. Like it even mentions how one of the Ogier women who's like escorting him in has to like wipe drool off the side of his face and he's just shuffly and vacant and Alar explains that he is the last Ogier that they know of that traveled the ways and this is how he returned and she asks Varen to please touch him. Varen freaks out and is like, he is empty. There is nothing inside him. And this is when Alar is like, traveling along the ways is dangerous. It is your soul that is at stake. However, they decide that because the need to retrieve the Horn of Valir is so dire they will let them use the ways and Alar is the one who says that she will lead them to the way gate. So as they're getting ready to leave from this chamber where they've been having this conversation, Alar kind of looks over each person and her gaze lingers on Rand and she says that he is Tavirin and the fact that she can feel it means that he's very strongly Tavirin. 
And she's like, you are going to bring Boyle back safely. And Rand is like, sure. You got it. it. Yeah. No problem. Mm. So, like, this is the highlight of the chapter for me, I guess I should say. Rand, Matt, and parents start joking around like they are young men talking about young men things and teasing each other. And it's just kind of sweet and funny. And I like it. I like that Perrin keeps like a dry face even when he's joking around. But of course, this banter can't last for long. They arrive at the way gate and Varen goes to pluck the Avendasora leaf and Rand notices that it is not the silvery glow reflection that should be there. It is black and he knows Machinshin is waiting. He basically yells that Varen puts the leaf back in, the gates close back up, and they know it is not possible for them to travel along the ways because apparently Machinshin is just hanging out at every opening. Yeah. And, I mean, why is one of the mysteries, apparently, but it is more than a little unsettling. And they know this travel needs to happen fast. Like, they have to get to Toman Head as soon as possible. And Hearn is like, man, if we just had another one of those portal stones. And Alar is like, we have one. conveniently enough (laughs) right so of course Varen is like the weave or why 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 (laughs) we do it too the wheel weaves as the wheel wells and they're gonna try the portal stone method the old portal stone method all i can say honestly is that this chapter i i didn't care i mean right I just, I don't care about the ways anymore. I'm over it. This is maybe like <laughs> my attention level is just, I, I short circuit after a while. And the way gates, it's just, how many times are we going to try this out? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, but. and in that conversation when they're like, we need to get there quickly. It's like, well, where's another way gate? And it's like, that's not going to solve your problem, guys. Taste. Take that off the table. Remove it. It's not an option. Yeah. You did an excellent job recapping that because my recap would have been like, they don't know what to do. They go to the way (laughs) gate. It doesn't work. Machinchen's there. They decide to use a portal stone. The end. The end. Yeah. All I was going to say is that I basically skimmed these chapters and I never do that anymore when I'm like getting ready for a podcast. But I was like, I'm bored. And I'm reading The Expanse. <laughs> so, yeah. Spoilers? So do we want to move oh, on? Oh, no. Do you want to move Yes. We should talk about, since you brought up The Expanse. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, small announcement, big announcement. I don't know how what, what size announcement this is, but... It's an announcement, at yeah, the very it's, least. It's, <laughs> We are starting a book club. We have a Twitter set up and Instagram. And anyone that would like to read The Expanse with us, Uh some people are still waiting on books, so there is time. Mm -hmm. 
and of course some people have read ahead that's totally cool it's kind of like go at your own pace yeah and we are going to be doing live streams talking about different books and the expanse is what we are starting with first so leviathan wakes is up and if you would like to join just holler at us on twitter or instagram or yeah it's there is no book club yeah it's called there is no book club mm-hmm. and there i really is no book club <laughs> the most what? ridiculous name and i love it <laughs> i really i really want to know how many people are going to know why we came to that conclusion for a name Hello friends, it's time for a new ad. There's so much happening in the Wheel of Time world and we have opportunities for you to help us continue to create quality Wheel of Time content. If you would like to help, rate us wherever you listen. This helps other people find the podcast. You can also join us on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Help create the show by joining us on Patreon. We have four different tiers with perks ranging from shoutouts to bonus content to merch not found in our Threadless store. Speaking of the Threadless shop, it's absolutely bursting with beautiful Wheel of Time designs and various items to put them on. Need a Wolf Brother t-shirt? It's there. A first sister pin to send to your bestie? We've got them. How about a White Tower dropout sweatshirt? You know Amber made one. The point is, we love the Wheel of Time. You love the Wheel of Time. Go get some merch that shows it. You can find links for Patreon and our Threadless shop in our show notes. One last thing. You guys are the best. Your support means the world to us. Thank you for being the amazing people, humans, sentient creatures that you are, and keeping us company on the road to Tarvalin. Yeah, we've got a really good group of people reading, and I have to say, I'm very hopeful that more women will join in with us. Me too. Me too. That's It's kind of, I mean, the live stream world seems to be fairly dominated by men. It really and does. I kind of want to change it. So. Yeah, there's statistically, YouTube is split 80% male, 20% female. Ouch. I know, right? Anytime Ouch. I see like our numbers, our statistics like go in a in an upward direction for female viewers, I get excited. <laughs> yeah, that makes us really happy. Yeah. You don't even know. Like I mean, we, we, we love, love everyone. Absolutely. <laughs> Equally. Absolutely. However, there's definitely like a a perspective that comes with having as many voices as possible and female perspective is fun. At least I think Indeed. it is. Yeah. So There Is No Book Club, Leviathan Wakes is our first book. So I guess spoiler time. Yeah. If you're cool with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. If you're ready, I'm okay. ready. Okay. I already talked about Varen talking to Barthanus alone. Mm, mm-hmm. But since we're in the spoiler section, they are both dark friends. Yeah, do they know? And on top of that, Rand left... Ingtar and Varen at the party. So three dark friends, three, all get left behind during this Waygate shenanigans. All in the same room, all mingling together. I wondered the same thing. Can you imagine Varen, what she's whispering to Barthanas? Because 
I'm sure it would be something awesome. Yeah. Like, tonight, your head's going to end up on a pole. How do you feel about that? Okay, and this is another thing, too, bringing up that. So when Rand is jumping over a wall to get into another section of the garden, he hears something. Right. And he's like, what was that? And he's like, mm, maybe just nothing. Mm-hmm. And I have to wonder if this wasn't perhaps something, something like entering Barthanus's manor. Uh-huh. Such maybe. as? Such as Shadowspawn, Gollum. That's what I'm thinking. Gollum. Gray Man. Ooh. Ooh. Mmm. Yeah, Gray Man would be good. I don't know. It's a, it was a very bloody death. <laughs> I mean, they put his head on a stick. Ripped limb from limb. Mm-hmm. Like, just kind of discarded all around his room. Like... Yeah. And I mean, who killed him? I tried looking up who killed Barthanus in, like, the the Wheel of Time world that has that information. And it doesn't seem as though anybody knows for certain, but the assumption is that it's a golem, which then points to Samael. So whether or not that's true, I don't know. Why Barthanus would need to be removed from the playing field in such a drastic way, no clue. Like, I'm trying to think of the benefit of taking him out. Yeah, what? Kyrian Civil War. They fire the granaries. Just more possible infighting. Like, Yakim Keridan, a dark friend, is pretty much doing the same thing. So, like, if he can rile people up and get people fighting on a small scale, like neighbors against neighbors, cities, people within cities, it'll be a lot harder to bring people together for the last battle. So maybe it's just something similar to like what the White Cloaks under Boars, a.k.a. Keridan, is doing. Mm -hmm. That sounds possible because, I mean, taking... Taking Barthanus out and then later Galdrian, the two main powers of Kyrian are now gone. So you have a power vacuum. Yeah. And then, of course, everybody's going to step in because it's fucking Kyrian. And they don't care about anybody else except for their own ascension to power. So don't they start firing the, the granaries? As Tom is leaving the end after Dana's death he's he's noticing like fires and he's and like and that's a big Shit. fucking deal the granaries yeah i mean seriously because how easy is it for the shido to like roll up oh my into kyrian and just i mean if rand hadn't been there with aiel mm-hmm. they it, it would have been gone yeah gone mm-hmm. so like it's just too easy to kind of manipulate the Kyrian people, the yeah. nobles, yeah, because they're so preoccupied with the great game and stepping over one another. Second thing, yeah, Machinshin is guarding the ways for Fane is what 
someone seems to think, I think it was Rand, and Varen disagrees. She's mm-hmm. like, no one can constrain the black wind to do anything. Do you really think Pot and Fane could do what Ten Aes Sedai could not? Right. And I just had to be like, oh, Varen. Like, Aes Sedai have such a strong opinion of themselves. Like, they sure Ten do. Aes Sedai. Like, lady... This man is commanding Shadow Spawn and murdering Fades. Yeah. There's something off with him. Yeah. And you know it. Yeah. Like, I feel like she knows. Yeah. So I, I don't know if she's just kind of trying to cover her tracks or play. I don't know, a little bit like ditzy kind of. Hmm. Like, you know, I don't know if she's kind of playing a game here. I don't Making know. She may appear differently. She may actually believe what she's saying that there isn't a way to direct Machin Shin. Like it doesn't really have the ability to have that happen. No, just you saying that though. Like the way that she poses the sentence as a question. She mm. doesn't say Pot and Fane can't do what Ten Eyes said I could not. She says, "Do you?" really think that so therefore we know she can lie because she's black aja whatever the oaths don't matter to her mm-hmm. but this would be keeping up like a face of Aes Sedai where like mm-hmm. she's not lying mm-hmm. here but she could be saying something false she could possibly she does, not believe it yeah she does it again later too like there's a moment when they're getting ready to go to the portal stone and Alara's like, I had no idea anyone still would have some sort of clue on how to use the portal stone. And Varen's reply is, the brown Aja knows many things, and I believe I know a way that they may be used. So all of those things are true, but it doesn't answer Alara's question. You know what I mean? Yeah. I she just does it like, earlier too. She does it earlier too when she says Moraine said I sent me. Right. Because in that previous chapter, mm-hmm. she's being spoken to in a room and someone says, We yep. need to find we need to find the horn. We need to find the dagger. Mm-hmm. So technically she was kind of sent. So Yeah. It's her yeah. her ability to like do that, just what a gal. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, all the twists. Mm-hmm. But back to that, was Machin Shin really hunting for Pot on Fane? I don't know. Like, I don't think is so. It, I, is it, I think there's multiple answers that it could be. I think Machin Shin's FaceTime with Pot on Fane <laughs> has kind of like rubbed off on, on Machin Shin. Yeah. Fane's whole, like, persona is like, I'll find you all four, I'll hound you. Yeah. And he's kind of chasing after Rand this entire mm-hmm. time. Even in the dungeon of Faldara, Fal- yeah. he's, like, looking up, searching for where he's tracking yep. Rand through the rock, through the walls. It's really creepy, but creepy. I could see Machin Shin like this rubbing off on Machin Shin, and now Machin Shin is like hunting for Ran, like the way that Pot on Fane is. Like since Fane came face to face with Machin Shin, they somehow have the same objective. Yeah, yeah. Or 
Machin Shin is just like trying to escape the ways mm-hmm. and he just like senses anytime a door is open and he's like, I'm out. Swoop! Yeah, is it possible that something that Padan Fane did to Machin Shin has made it like need to get out? Like I don't it's know. trying to escape Fane or something? Ugh. I mean, Fane is long gone. He's already... He's already, know, like, in... so many different people. Yeah, right? But he's already in on Toman Head. So, yeah. like, he's not there for Machin Shin to run away from anymore, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly how the timeline lines up. Like, I don't know if our chapter with Pot and Fane is weeks, days, hours. Mm. Like, how long has he been on Toman Head? But he's been there long enough to like kind of chat up the locals, yeah, yeah. and like decrease the number of dark friends in his group. Gross. I'm just thinking about like all of the things that Potonfain is doing. Varun would probably forsake her oaths, Aes Sedai oaths, dark friend oaths, just to study (laughs) Potonfain in general. Yeah. Yeah. As far as Machinshin and Fane, I love the idea that Fane may have somehow tainted Machinshin to be on the lookout for Rand because it is like in that chapter it said that Machinshin under everything Rand can hear Althor, Althor, Althor. So mm-hmm. he knows that Machinshin is looking for him, at least that's how it feels to him. And maybe that's true, but Pod and Fane, when he's talking to Lord Tarak, he expects Rand to be there within a day or two. So if he had been expecting Rand to be able to easily follow him, he wouldn't have set a, like a barrier between Rand being able to get to him easily. He wants Rand to follow him mm-hmm. desperately. So I feel I feel like what you have said about like the possibility of them kind of bouncing off of each other like evil morphing with other evil and being attracted to where rand is that makes more sense to me yeah i don't know like fane is just the fane effect like people that he comes (laughs) into contact with it's just interesting i I'm really excited to get more from Lord Turok after he's been touching the ruby-hilted dagger right. and since he has been in Pot on Fane's presence. Mm-hmm. Turok has that opinion of dark friends, like there aren't any in Sean Chen. He's like, oh, it'll be interesting to meet a dark friend. And I'm like, evil. Evil is mm-hmm. standing in front of you, friend. Evil. And you're like, I can't, yeah. I can't wait. How's my cough? Is my cough all right? Mm. <laughs> I did like in this first chapter, there's a moment between Loyal and Rand. So Rand is saying like, okay, we're going. We need to get this, the, the dagger, the horn, etc. And they're not quite sure if Loyal should come. And Loyal is just like, lighting his pipe and he's like you know rand <laughs> yeah uh i don't think you can stop me yeah and yeah, i was like i'm going yes, loyal, yeah. <laughs> like you stand up for yourself man 
I'm proud of you. I loved that moment. Like, he was mm-hmm. just like, you can't, I don't really think you can stop me. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Tall, yeah. strong, oh, yeah. like, What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Have the mittens of a polar bear. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? One swipe and you're down, Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I think that that shows another step of Boyle's character development advancement. Like, he's like, nope. I'm on a mission now. You are not going to stop me. Yeah. It's not happening. I like it. Me I too. like it. Yeah. So, so much to like. Ingtar says he wants to get Lord Barthanus alone to learn the truth. And it's like, <laughs> it's so funny how many dark friends right now, like all of the plotting and everything going on. Yep. But he has to speak suspect Barthanus for something I mean I mean you would kind of have to there's dark friends hanging out in his garden yeah and using the way gate yeah there. like it's pretty obvious yeah and then he does this is where he mentions like I would rather go back to Barthanus and to me it sounds like he wants to beat some answers out of yep. Barthanus mm-hmm. he's like I would rather go to I would rather do that than go chase Jack of the Wisps. <laughs> and I wanted to bring up this Jack of the Wisps thing again. Yeah. Because it's so funny that he's the one who says it first. Like, it doesn't come from Matt. It doesn't mm-hmm. come from, you know, anyone that's a part of the Band of the Red Hand. Mm-hmm. And later, Varen is the one to say it's time to toss the dice. Mm-hmm. So it's like all of these things that become Matt Cawthonisms, things that he says, yes. things he talks about, yeah. are being said here by other people, yeah. which is really bizarre. Maybe they were themes that Jordan fell in love with. Yeah. And he was like, you know who should have this? Mm-hmm. My boy, Matt. Probably. Matt should have this. And I do love it because it does become such a part of Matt's character. Like, I just love him so much. So I was talking about this book, Jack of the Shadows, and it's by Roger Zalanzi. Zalanzi? Zalanzi. Roger Zalanzi. And Mm -hmm. it's from 1971. So this is before The Wheel of Time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's probably a possible influence on Mm. Robert Jordan. It features rebirth and reincarnation as a plot point. And it's about this character, Jack of the Shadows, who gets his superpower from being in neither full light or full darkness. And Mm. he's able to go from one side to the other and Mm -hmm. it's also really interesting how this like universe is set up so it's like a planet but you know how like earth we have day and night because as the earth is spinning around the sun it's also spinning in little circles as it goes around the sun so in this world the planet isn't spinning it's going around like a sun but one side never faces the sun so one side of the world is always light one is always dark wild it sounds really cool and as i was looking into this the other day i was like 
okay, like, I kind of want to read this now. <laughs> Let's put it on a list. Let's put yeah, it on a list of books to read. It's not big. If any of our listeners have read Ooh, it, yeah. Yeah. let us know because I'm yeah. very curious about Jack of the Shadows. And I really think that this whole, like, Jack of the Wisp, Dance with Jack of the Shadows might be a nod to Roger Zelanzi. So, I don't know. Yeah, and I'm thinking about, like, time frame. Like, if this came out in, you said 1971? Yeah. That definitely would have been... It lines up. Exactly. Like, as far as what Jordan may have been reading, as far as, like, influential material to create a sci-fi slash fantasy world. I suppose more fantasy than sci-fi, but... This one, this actually, this book, Jack mm-hmm. of the Shadows, is unique in the fact that it is credited as both science fiction and fantasy. Ooh, how fun. So... I just wrote it down. I'll be looking that up later. <laughs> okay. For sure. So, yeah. moving forward, Fane's threats to Rand about hounding his blood, it totally comes true because Rand never makes it to meet up with Fane on Toman Head and everything that happens in Emmonsfield with the Battle of Emmonsfield and the Shadow Rising. Like, that's yep. all Fane being yep. a, you know what he is. <laughs> Oh, so many adjectives. Yeah. Very last thing with this chapter. Shangtar's chance of redemption Mm. is the Horn of Valier. So if there is anything that can save him from being a wretched dark friend, it's overcoming it all, getting the Horn of Valier and doing something good for the side of the light. This is why he is freaking out. Like, this is his last chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love Ingtar. I feel it. So I'm trying to remember, like, for Ingtar's timeline, where he falls as far as realizing that being a dark friend really isn't the way to go. Like, I, I think he says something to Rand at one point about how, like, knowing him has affected him in some way. But it's not, of course, it's not until, like, closer to the end of the book and we haven't gotten there yet. Like, was he even, was he thinking about that? About that at, like, the Shadow Pal party? Was he maybe having regrets about? It's possible that was the moment that put, that was, like, so over the top. He was like, I got to get out. I, yeah. This is too much. Like, the yeah. Alzaman showing up and, you know, old flame face screaming mm-hmm. at you via ESP. Mm-hmm. Like, not mm-hmm. a fun time. I'd want out of there. Yeah. They were really wearing those. <laughs> they were really wearing those long cloaks to hide the fact that they shit themselves. <laughs> <laughs> when Balzaman was suddenly, literally in their so everyone face. wearing their black cape. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I needed that. <laughs> those poor Zomara, the the mm. all the sh- cleanup they have to <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> It's a good thing they have very short it's a good memories. Thing they can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Clean up an aisle three. <laughs> you won't remember it later. That actually sounds really nice. Like yeah. <laughs> clean up something disgusting. Just put that right aside. I don't even want to think about it. Just make sure you wash your hands first. 
So chapter 34, The Wheel Weaves? Yeah. I am curious. It's mentioned when Tom is doing like his interrogation that there's been a lady who's been asking around about Rand as well. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to think that it's Celine. Yeah. But at the same time, there are so many dark friends out there looking for Rand, Perrin, and Matt. And Rand's appearance in Kyrian is definitely going to be noted. His description is going to go, like, fire everywhere. So, like, any dark friend in the region, especially if they happened to be at the Shadow Pal party, is going to go ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And so there's a possibility that this is just, like... I mean, what if this is that one lady that shows up later who, like somehow has something over Yakum Carradine or whatever. Like, mm. what if what if it's her? I don't remember her name. I just remember her presence, and I don't like her. I mean, um, it could have it been the woman outside of the Defender of the Dragon Wall. Defender of the Dragon Wall. There was that mm-hmm. healer woman there that was pretty mm. suspicious as well, Ooh. where Rand is possibly, like, I think he feels like a shiver or something. I don't mm-hmm. remember. But mm. something's going on. It could have been Varen. It could have been someone channeling. It could have been Celine, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Lanfear. I yeah. mean, there's, like you said, there's just so many possibilities of who it could be. And I think... Yeah. I think Robert Jordan wrote it in so that Mm -hmm. in case later on down the road, if there is a moment where he needs another set of dark friends to step in Mm -hmm. and create Mm -hmm. more confusion and drama, he would have that option and maybe he just didn't need it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, possibly also a Shyanaran dark friend with Fane being sent into the foregate looking for Rand. Like, that mm-hmm. might be another option. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just, I was intrigued that it was in there, but it had no answer. Because so often you, like, go in and mm-hmm. you're like, all right, who is this person? And they're like, it's blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Who shows up in blah, blah, blah chapter? And in this case, it's like, no one knows. And I was like, awesome. Wildly speculate. Yes, I shall. Tom's re- <laughs> Jesus Christ. So Tom decides that since Barthanes is not the reason why Dina is dead and that these guys actually came from Galdrian, he's just not going to leave town until Galdrian is dead. And he succeeds. So like we said before, Galdrian dead, Barthanes dead, huge power vacuum in Kyrian. Mm-hmm. Do you think Tom knew... Yeah. Do you think he cared? No. Okay. Because when he has his first meeting with Rand, he is already thinking about what's happening in Kyrian. And he's like, Mm -hmm. potential revolution, you know, firing of the granaries, civil war. Like, he's running everything down in his head at that moment. So I would believe that Tom just does not care. Like, yeah. he's he'll take Galdrian out and watch the world burn at this point. Yeah, yeah. And he kind of does. And hence, <laughs> a very, begins a very John Wick-esque story. 
It's wild. John Wick, the original. (laughs) (laughs) This was the inspiration. You murder my juggler, I'll kill everyone, I'll take out your whole family, I'll start a civil war, I don't care. I love it. (laughs) It is a bit wild, but Mm -hmm. it's still like, it's it's a part of Tom's character that I appreciate like that extreme well up until this passionate. point like we we need some type of like action hero style character yes because we don't have lan in this book like mm. we don't have any real like combat going on until mm-hmm. the very end and even mm-hmm. then it's like the heroes of the horn popping up and it's like oh yay the day has been saved and mm-hmm. it's not cat crosses the courtyard and apple blossoms mm-hmm. in the wind so yeah I'm, I'm excited to see to get to the end so i don't know it's a fun ending it really is it really is i keep thinking about like how close we are to the end and i'm like almost bummed that we've got a 101 coming up because the next <laughs> chapter is the fucking flicker chapter and i'm like yeah, ah! <laughs> yeah. <sighs> it's so yeah i think we might possibly just focus on that one chapter we may have to like because i peeked it's... ahead real quick too and the f- chapter following is flipped back to a green in the white tower. So we're going to get like right after that flicker moment. Another big, yeah. Exactly. So we may need to like just, I'm down for that. I'm okay. down for that. I think we'll see really how well. our notes go. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll have enough. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll need to like, and plus, I mean, the idea of are they going to use something like this? In the TV show. I would love to talk about that and how it might look. Yeah. So I think that would be a really fun conversation to have because we continuously rewrite everything or predict it. Yeah. I feel like those are the two things we do really well. (laughs) You got it. All right. So one of the things I actually just really wanted to touch on quickly is the fact that when I think about the way that the Sean Chen behave versus the way the Kyrianen behave, mm-hmm. I think kitten versus tiger. So, and the Kyrianen being the kittens and the Sean Chen being the tigers. When Tom and Zara are having their conversation, he's Zara is telling him that the game has changed, that people are being murdered now. And that just seems like... A possibility (laughs) everyone takes for granted in the Shanshan Empire that their death could just be waiting anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I find that really fascinating that they would probably observe the game of houses and be like, (laughs) there's no time for that. When, yeah, when you can just drop some poison in somebody's drink or whatever. Yeah. I'm, it's just send in a blood knife. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing is <gasps> that there is oh what maybe that's why there's so many Kyrian and Dark friends is they need access to creatures to do their bidding. I mean, if if you don't have access to assassins, like I mm-hmm. mean, look at Galdrian's assassins. They got taken out by one old guy in <laughs> a dagger with a bum knee. Yeah. That would never have happened if a blood knife had been sent. 
I mean, it's I not even remotely possible. The the Secret Service thing, the way that that has influenced the way that everyone in the hierarchy behaves, like even Turok's servant, when he makes like the outrageous suggestion that he might be a listener, his servant almost is like, no, but of course then remembers himself and comes back. So it's not something that anybody wants to admit to being and God, I'm just really fascinated by the idea of cultures and how they evolve when this is this tactic of fear is what's used to maintain the structure of the government of the way that the people live the Kyrianan are as well but in a different way I don't know it feels so much looser when you compare it to the Shan Chen in my opinion anyway I just feel like the Shan Chen are like we're focused I think we can do chapter 35 if you're ready okay so Aerith says that in this chapter many humans to be seen inside the setting is quite unusual. Yeah. And she says they have had the traveling people and they left, but dot, dot, dot. She doesn't explain why or mm-hmm. what is going on with that. Mm-hmm. And again, it was like the other chapter that you mentioned where Tom had noticed something and he's like, Huron, dot, 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 never mind. Yeah. So we're getting this again. She says they haven't had humans in the setting in a long time. They used to have the traveling people, but they left when, and she doesn't say when they left or why they were there. So I tried looking it up online, couldn't find anything at all. (laughs) Are you thinking that this is like Ren and Isla? And their group of traveling people? I don't remember which setting they were in. Oh, they were in. But me neither. I mean, is it possible that this had something to do with prophecy? I mean, the traveling hmm. people going through, the Aiel going through. So there's that. If someone has any idea on that, I'd love to know. Me too. Me too. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, Aerith also mentions studying Sofu has had two tree singers, which makes Loyal blush. And it's because she likes tree singers, and Loyal's a tree singer. Oh! (laughs) My heart. It's meant to be. Uh, Now this, this is the kind of meat cute that I want. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, as much as I've been like, heart eyesing oh heart eyesing having heart eyes over Aerith that is now of her (laughs) let's be honest here she is a cold-blooded killer when that last battle comes she is taking people out and that's what I love about her yeah I was actually thinking about how we get this introduction to like the Ogier and just how gentle they are, yeah. how thoughtful they are. Even like later on when they're walking through the setting, Rand observes that everything about how they touch the trees is gentle. Yeah. And I, all I can see in my head is the last battle and ears Pulled back, back. And axes yeah. and, yeah. and I'm like, ah! <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. <sighs> That's just one of the many like nuanced 
layers of the Wheel of Time, and it just makes it so good. And Amazon. Do you know what I just remembered? Yeah, tell me. No, tell me. Earth, Earth sitting up against Loyal's like leg while he sits on like a, a log after yeah. a battle moment, and they're just like together. Yeah. And sweet, and you're like. This is my favorite oh my Wheel of gosh. Time couple. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love them. They're so sweet. It's... They're so authentic in a way that so few of the other couples, maybe Amy's and Ruark, and who's the sister wife? I forget. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I love, I mean, we get so much more with Amis and, and Ruark. And when I see like that relationship, the three of them, I love that. That one feels really good yeah. to me, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's just yeah. something about the Ogier, though, that I think is really necessary. It's a fantasy story, for crying out loud. Give me the whimsy. <laughs> That's the new hashtag, right? <laughs> give me, hashtag give, me, give the me the whimsy. whimsy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that idea. <laughs> I just... I do want that. Yeah, the, the setting in general, I think... I would love to see. There is possibility that we will get Andor mm, because mm-hmm. there it was kind of like a leak that there's like a tour guide in the Czech Republic doing like Wheel of Time tours. I, I, I'm not. I don't really want to talk about it too much because I don't think that I should without knowing if it's something authentic or not. Mm, mm-hmm, I mean, anybody mm-hmm. can make a website and be like, I'm going to do tour guides throughout, <laughs> you know. And, and they're expensive, Oh, my God, I just too. found my new job. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. Like, you never know. I. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so there's a palace that they have listed as the royal palace in Andor. So it's a possibility that we will actually be in Andor. So oh, I love that. We could either meet them at the White Tower. We could meet the the whole gang in Andor. I don't know. But that's interesting. There are so many places for them to intersect. Yeah. And with, yeah truth truth so (laughs) i don't know like i mean if i'm looking at season two really want to see kyrian really Mm want to see things going down i hope it's more than just barthanis's manner because that would be boring yeah like i i picture like a very versailles inspired (gasps) garden Tiny size. No, there, there is something that is exactly that. I'm not going to get history nerdy, but there is like a, an inspiration for Versailles that came from like a building that is smaller than like the massive Versailles, and it would be perfect for what you're talking about. It's gorgeous. Come to it's Europe. There's gorgeous. a million of them everywhere you look. I know, Here's right? A Here's I a just, castle. They can... I want to spend a month in Europe this summer. They can film wherever they want. As long as... True. As long as COVID and permits allow. And governments. Well, that's the permit. Was that the permit thing? (laughs) Never mind. Bureaucracy (laughs) and government are connected. (laughs) Duh. Anyway. So, um, yeah. 
setting that's very high on my list of things to see. Yeah. The only comment I have on Rand at the end of, what is it, chapter 36? Yeah. Is that he makes all these promises to take care of other people. Like he promises to Alar that he's going to make sure that Loyal returns safely. And he's always like, Aguin, I'm going to take care of you and everything's going to be fine. And I mean, we know how that ends up. So I feel as though, I'm sure we've talked about it, but like one of Rand's main flaws is developing and getting worse in this moment where he feels as though he has personal responsibility to every person around him. And that circle just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and of course it feels like a mountain weighing down on him and at the same time he's not always very good at like coming through with the promise and I think about Loyal at the end of the series and Rand who's just like well that's done he doesn't does he even say goodbye to Loyal of course not because everybody thinks he's dead like blah stop it Rand stop it it is said that Robert Jordan like really wanted to explore this hero that doesn't want to be the hero. And for its time that it was written, I think it's an interesting aspect to explore. I also understand the aspect of him feeling like the weight of the world is on his shoulders and him in this moment kind of like, slowly inching his way forward into becoming this person that people have to follow and he's becoming more a little bit like a politician now like he's lord Rand, so he's like saying Mm -hmm. the things that need to Mm -hmm. be said even i don't know if he believes them or not but i do think that he in this moment would do anything to take care of his friends or loyal in the end things are a little bit different but yeah i sympathize with rand i i do i want to like oh like little i do yeah young man like you can't everybody (laughs) everybody handles him wrong it's true it's true everyone there isn't a single person not even nynaeve is pretty much the only one that's there maybe lan but in the same aspect as well, like Nynaeve and Lan are also adoptive parents of Rand. Yeah. I just don't really know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> He's next in line Is for that... the Malkir throne <laughs> by chosen family. <laughs> I choose you. Oh You know I love that. You know Nynaeve and Lan named their firstborn Rand Mandragoran. That would be amazing. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> That's kind of like a, a lot Rand man. A la man dragon. <laughs> That's a tongue twister. I'm, yeah, it's a lot. I'll, um, I'll Rand man handle land dragon. <laughs> the third. There always has to be the man handle and dragon part of it. <laughs> <laughs>